Weekend Show with Ken Kidney. Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Weekend Show. My name is Ken Kidney, and as always, I have the great pleasure of being joined by my clairvoyant co-host, Garrett. Say hello to our loyal listeners, Garrett. Mm. Garrett's sick again this week. Again. We had planned to move the podcast to Saturday to give you even more of a chance to listen to the weekend show, but Garrett torpedoed it with his illness. Ken got our fancy new voiceover things that say Saturday, and it's like, oh, look, Garrett, it says Saturday. We're doing it on Saturday. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> so uh, on the first break and maybe the last break, you're going to hear Saturday, which is correct from next week. Yes. So just a heads up on that. Coming up on the show this week, we take a trip to the future to make our top 10 pop culture predictions by the year 2020. Netflix makes a comeback after a week-long absence, and we give you the rundown of our favorite stories of the week, as always. But before we get to our top story this week, Gar, what have you been up to? How are you? I've been sick. Been sick all week? Mm. I, woke, I think it was Thursday. Thursday, I just woke up and I was sore. My throat hurt. And when I moved my eyes in my head, it caused a kind of stinging. And I was just like, aww. Gar, are you dying? Yes. Yes, I'm dying. I'm am wasting I, away. I'm disappearing from the world. Am I going to have to replace you? No, you can host the podcast with Ghost Gar. Ghost Gar. I love unfinished business. I'll come back. The weekend ghost show. Yeah. We we did a we did a show on ghost shows. Yes, we did. We can become a, show, a ghost show. And we'll rake in the viewers slash listeners. We don't have any viewers, Ken, unless we have ghosts viewing us right now. Do we? Well, have we have ghosts? a YouTube channel. Just search TWSKK. But that's not viewers either. That's still listeners. They look at the, the graphic. Yeah, the, the graphic is the logo. That's it. Do we have ghosts? Do we, we have ghosts. Is your apartment haunted? Well, I'm like, you know, it's been here for about 10 years. I'm assuming someone's died here at some point. That's nice. That's always a weird thought, isn't it? Yeah. Like, like, like our family home. Somebody's definitely died in there. Do you think so? Well, you know, probably. How long did the Orioles live there? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it was that long. So who lived there before that? I think it's only it was only built in the seventies, wasn't it? This is a murder house. I don't know. Maybe it was built on an Indian burial ground, because Ireland is known for Indian burial grounds. I watched the the, the Poltergeist remake ages ago. It's not it, very good. It's not very good. No. Apparently, the first film is cursed. A bunch of people like. Died as a result, like the child star in it died really young of a mysterious illness. So, did yeah. they actually film it on an Indian burial ground? That would did. be ill advised. I think they did. Did they really? <laughs> That's funny. No, I don't think they <laughs> Except did. Except the fact that people died. That's not or funny like, at all. Since the movie is cursed, maybe they actually <laughs> fulfilled their own prophecy. Who knows? Yeah. The poltergeist, this poltergeist thing, them with their poltergeist skills. Any Anything besides that in your week? Gallivant finished up this weekend. I haven't seen any of it. Why do you hate good shows? I love Gallifant Care, but... Um, the second season was even better than the first season. My internet provider prevents less than legal downloads, so... Um, yeah. What a bitch. I know. Season Valley was amazing. Uh-huh. Like, like, literally a masterpiece of whimsical medieval musical television. Which is which is a, a powerful genre. With Alan Menken writing songs. What more do you want? Really, what more do you want? Some might say it's a whole new world of television. Well, hey, what? That's a, it's a little mermaid reference, Ken. I got that. Well, that's actually an Damn reference. Damn it, I'm sick. My brain's not working. I'm sick of you, Gary. You're off the podcast. It has, it has Lassie from Psych as well, doesn't it? Timothy, uh, Timothy Ombudsman. Um, I can never remember how to actually say his name because I always mix it up with the word Ombudsman. It's close enough. It is close to Ombudsman, but it's not. I think, I think it's Amundsen. He's a great man. He's great. If you if you have sneaky Netflix, if you've never seen Psych, watch it. Yeah. I'm sure I'll probably Netflix that someday anyway. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk so about it. So it's more foreshadowy Netflix or Netflix, but it is on Netflix. Yes. It's been quite a somber opening so far. Yeah. I'm sick. Gar's sick. I saw Trumbo yesterday. What's Trumbo about? Trumbo is about uh, Dalton Trumbo, a very famous screenwriter. Is that his real name? It is his real name, yes. That sounds dubious. Anyway, he's a screenwriter. Guy, let me tell the story. Fair you enough. asked what the story was. Now listen. Uh, he was a screenwriter in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, up to the 60s in uh, Hollywood. And he was a, a known communist. But, and uh, this was around the time of, uh, you know, after, you know, the US and 
and Russia were allies in the war, they suddenly turned against each other and the Cold War started. So As there, they do. there was a lot of suspicion about US communists. McCarthyism, so, isn't it? Yeah, the McCarthy trials started and stuff like that. So uh, thousands of Hollywood actors, uh, set people, you know, technical people were blacklisted from working in the movie studios due to the fear of the, the red threat, as they called it. And, the red um, threat. <laughs> so he, he undertook... Uh, a, a secret network where him and his writing buddies who were blacklisted would pretend to be other writers and write uh, films and uh, pass them off as other people. Hmm. You may know the film Roman Holiday. I don't. Uh, it's got Gregory Peck and, oh gosh, what's her name? A really famous actress with the big eyes. Audrey Hepburn. Yes. Well done, <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, he wrote The Brave One. You've ever heard of that? I haven't. But, uh, the, the odd thing about that is, well, he gave uh, the uh, the brave one to someone else. He, uh, to, he put uh, Robert Rich, like a pseudonym on it. And he, he asked one of his uh, not, not then non-blacklisted friends, who eventually became blacklisted, to uh, to put in Roman Holiday under his name. And it won an Oscar. <laughs> and so did the brave one. So, uh, Tommy films win an Oscars. The brave one, I think he, he didn't get to collect the Oscar for that until 1983. Actually, gave it to him long, 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 long after his death, and well, he didn't collect it then, did he? Yeah, uh, unless no. he's ghosted. His wife collected on his behalf. I'm pretty sure his uh, Oscar for uh, Roman Holiday wasn't wasn't actually allocated until 2009. His wife collected it shortly before her death. I think she was like, "Oh, jeez, I have an Oscar to go get." Yeah, but uh, the funny thing was, they tried to get the original Oscar for Roman Holiday back from. The, the family of the guy who, who... Supposedly wrote it. Supposedly wrote it. had nothing to do with it. And his son refused to give it back. Fair enough. But it's like, my dad wrote this, not, but didn't write it, but I'm still proud of it. <laughs> yeah. Probably it's better it. than nothing. <laughs> exactly. So it's just about his struggle to kind of bring down the blacklist and, you know, the conflict that causes with his family because he becomes obsessed with kind of uh, reclaiming his career and stuff like that. And Brian Cranston's in it. He plays Trumbo. So, and he's he's nominated for an Oscar for Best Actor. So it is a very uh, um, it is a very very good fil- film. Uh, like the stuff like set design and uh, you know finding period pieces for like to to dress the sets and the costumes that always fascinates me. Like you know it's all very well done. But um, some people saying that like it's it's an okay film, but Cranston's really great and that's why he got the Oscar. Well, wrong, so he he like elevates it. If he's really good in it, he then deserves the Oscar. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, like some say, say, it's a good film, but he elevates it to to something more with his performance. So I'd like to see him do comedy again. Yeah, he's good at comedy. Breaking Bad's had some comedy, but uh, watching it, I think you know everybody's saying Leo's going to win the Oscar, but Brian Cranston is very popular in Hollywood, yeah. and he did put in a good performance. So Just you know give that. it to Leo, though. He deserves it. Can hashtag give it to Leo in more than one way. Hi Enough about Oscar. Let's get to the story, shall we? Why don't we have... But the podcast is all about us, Ken, because we're great. We're awesome. And I'm sick. We begin our top story in... What the hell? Sorry. Enough about us. Let's have some story, shall we? Yes. Nice nice answering, Gar. Sorry. We're doing a podcast right now in case you it, forgot. A, it's a two-way thing. Yeah, Yeah, you need to answer me. I, I, I can't just zone out and stare off into the distance. <laughs> Even though you are sick, you still have to you still have to deliver an award-winning podcast. Why can't the podcast be all about us anyway? It is all about us. It's our podcast. We can make the podcast all about me. It's Gar. Gar's sick time. Gar recounting how he's sick. I got new pillows yesterday. What? That's a random thing. You did what? I got new pillows yesterday. Did it help you in your illness? Not, not, yeah. Because my pillows got very flat and I had to adjust them constantly and I had to fluff them. They were very non-fluffed anymore. Okay. Are you finished? Yep. Have you finished the pity party? Can we move on with the podcast yeah, now? Yeah. P- pillows. It wasn't a pillow pity party, Ken. Pillows are, pillows are very good. Actually, when I was in Manchester, the hotel had double-sided pillows. One side was firm and the other side was soft. It was like... How does that work? Heathenry. I don't know. You flip the pillow and the other side is firm. It's like, Witchcraft. Yeah, it's like, oh my God. We begin with our top story in a segment we are now calling Who Knew's Best? Isn't that clever, Gar? Yeah, we, did, we didn't at all have that. So we weren't sitting on that for 29 episodes. Yeah. 
We originally had a segment called Who News Best that we envisioned to be something else, but... We, we actually recorded it for the pilot, but it got cut. Because it was so terrible. Was it terrible? It was terrible. It fell apart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the point is, I paid for it, so we're using it. Yep. Our top story this week sees the long-awaited return of a British TV classic, but this time with an Irish twist. Yeah, get out of here, Craig Charles. Craig Charles. Apparently the internet is outraged. They're mad at Craig Charles. Why aren't they mad that Jeremy Clarkson isn't hosting it? Yeah, he originally hosted it. People forget that. Yeah. But there's a bit of Twitter rage over it because Robot Wars is returning, Car. Yeah, I like Robot Wars. Basically, if you haven't seen it before, if you're not from the UK, and if you are from the UK, where have you been? Because it's everywhere. How did you miss Robot Wars in the 90s? It's still on TV. You can still see it. Uh, There's like UK TV Gold. They're probably still showing it. Challenge show it. Sometimes BBC we show it. But basically, people make robots in their houses and then fight them. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the U- US has probably had some kind of version of that. If they don't, it seems like the kind of thing they'd love. Mock the Week's Darrow Breen will take over from the classic series host, Craig Charles, joined by another Irish presenter, Angela Scanlon. We totally stole in Robot Wars. Yeah. I like the way you said Mock the Week instead of like the panel, Ken. Yeah, he was on the panel in Ireland where he's from. Which was Mock the Week before Mock the Week was a thing. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah. Some of our some of our own homegrown entertainers making it in the UK. Dara is very much BBC's go-to presenter these days, isn't he? He really is. Especially for kind of like smarty, kind of sciencey things. Yeah. Yeah, just give it to Dara. He recently did a pretty interesting interview with uh, Stephen Hawking. We spent some time with him. That's pretty pretty funny. Yeah. And interesting. So that's a sneaky Netflix for you. If you can track it down. Do. Probably on the iPlayer or something if it wasn't that on, long ago. Maybe on, it was quite a long time ago, but so you could probably... probably not in the iPlayer. It's probably on, uh, on their home video on their in their shop. So technically, that is an Netflix because it's on the internet. You can buy stuff off the BBC store now, can't you? You can't, yeah. You can buy like individual episodes of Doctor Who if you like. I just realized they said you can't. Yeah. But you can. Stop contradicting me, Ken. Robot Wars. Robot Wars. Uh, nostalgists will, however, enjoy the fact that Jonathan Pierce, the original narrator, will accommodate on the battles. Good. So he'll have that air of familiarity. Yeah. Darrow Breen is very excited about taking the role, Gar. He is. A bit of a quote here for you. So it's not me saying this, it's Darrow Breen saying this through my mouth. Yeah, it's a very clever quote. Far too... Far... I messed it up at the first go, Gar. The first word is for, Ken, not far. Well, it's kind of... Yeah, kind of makes sense, though. Because it's it's, it's been 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 quite a while. Yeah. So I'm not wrong, but I am wrong. Yeah. You're very wrong. (laughs) Yes, I'm very wrong. For too long, the schedules have cried out for a show in which dedicated amateurs toiling day and night handcraft sophisticated automatons. Nailed that one. Automatons is a nice word, isn't it? Yeah, I thought I botched that, but I didn't. Built on a delicate interplay of hand-wired servo motors with a custom-built circuit board and fingertip motion control just to see them get smashed to pieces by a dustbin carrying a massive hammer. It's war and how I love it so. Yeah. I love Robot Wars because it is literally like oh, robots with saws. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like nerds just like crying because their beautiful creation has <laughs> been destroyed. Like even even the ones that come out winning, it's just like they look like they're about to collapse. Yeah, but uh, it, it is a great entertainment. Uh, it's a bit of like it's, I think it's a tournament format they do it in. Like like the winners from one week will come back to, pl- you know, to play in the final in the final or like in the quarterfinal. I think they, I think they did it like a brackets format where. You know, you could go through a few rounds where it's where you make it to be the, the champion of Robot Wars and you get a trophy. I don't know if you get a cash prize. Probably. Do you think when, when our great robot overlords overtake us, and I welcome our robot overlords, I'm sure you're very smart, they'll have a TV show called Human Wars where they train humans to punch each other. Yeah. And they'll be like the Coliseum and instead of thumbs up and thumbs down, it'll be like one and zero because they understand binary. You've, it sounds like you've given this a lot of thought. Who hasn't given a lot of thought to the robotic apocalypse, Ken? We're, we're, we're teaching computers to be smarter than us, which is actually quite a feat. Yeah. That we can train things to be smarter than us. But that isn't like that's like the what every like robot movie is ever built on. Yeah. The fact that they'll get smarter than us and they'll take over. Yeah, and one day Dario Dario Wien will just be like, let's kill the robots. And then the robots will go, why are we fighting? Why they are I, the enemy. Why are we not friends? And that dustbin with a hammer will crush the, the poor mechanical engineer's head and then kill everybody. And Daryl will be like, oh, no. And then he will be their slave. Yeah, he will be their mouthpiece. 
constantly undermining them with jokes and they'll be like, Derek, stay on script. Like they'll be like Robot ISIS where they'll make him say prepared statements about how the human race is treated as robots. Yeah. And uh, he'll go off script because, you know, he's the funny man. And they're like, Derek, read the words in front of you. And then they're like, the, the one with the buzzsaw will be like, <laughs> and you're like, okay, okay. And they'll make him wear robot, like, like tinfoil. Dress up like a robot. Yeah, exactly. One of us. One of us. We've gone terribly off topic here. Do you want to take us to our next story, Gar? Human wars. Uh, Facebook announced this week that we've grown far closer than six degrees of separation again. We're all very close to each other now. On Facebook, at least. Yes. Facebook users are just an average of 3.57, very specific, mm. degrees of separation away from any other user around the world on the website, according to the latest figures published by Facebook. Does this mean I'm only like four people away from George Clooney? Yes. Yes. If he's on Facebook, which I doubt he is. He probably has like a fan page. Yeah, maybe. George, do you want to come on the podcast? Hey, George. I know you're playing Caesar. Yes, in Hail Caesar. That didn't get nominated for anything. A Coen Brothers film, but it's only coming out this year. It's totally going to be that, that, That's a terrible time to release an Oscar fodder film. It will be forgotten by next year. But maybe they just want to make films for the sake of making films. No Karen. one wants to make films for the sake of making films, Ken. Either for money or reward. Yeah, the money and the power. Entertaining people is secondary. Facebook celebrated their 12th birthday this week. Their 12th. Yeah. Or the Facebook, as it was back then. It was. And to mark the date, they hosted Friends Day, which was basically them sending you a video of some of your photos. Yeah, it was pretty lame, wasn't it? It was pretty lame. It had your name on it, though. So Yeah, one of those kind of uh, coded videos where it kind of slots your... Hello, Garrett. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the Smackdown versus Raw commentary. Uh, quote from Facebook, Gar. We're full of quotes today. Yeah. Over the Facebook past? issued this to us. This, yes. is, this is an exclusive. Exclusive quote. They're like, hey, weekend show, we need you to break this for us. Yeah. Over the past five years, the global Facebook community has more than doubled in size, Facebook said. I think they have a billion daily users now. Do they? That's yeah. a lot of users. Today, we're announcing that during the same time period, the degrees of separation between a typical pair of Facebook users has continued to fall from 3.74 degrees in 2011 down to the aforementioned 3.57. So that's so I'm a point two closer to George Clooney than I was in 2011. Yes, you were. Yes. And Facebook think it's a significant reflection of how closely the world is connected. Entirely uh, through them. We control the world. We ha we own everything you love. Yeah. You're like Disney. But you especially Disney will buy Facebook at some point. Probably. Just like it's now Mickey Book. Mickey Book. We own everything you love. <laughs> That's a Mickey Mouse impression. Just in case you haven't heard of it before, Six Degrees of Separation is an idea popularized in the early 20th century uh, and suggests that two people on Earth could be connected by finding the correct path of six connections between them. Using the internet, that's kind of cheating, though. So we've nearly half to. You're, you're a friend with this rando who's yeah. also friend with this rando who's friends with George Clooney. That's, that's, you're not connected to George Clooney. That's bullshit. Yeah. Well, like, I have 410 Twitter followers as of this morning. You count every morning? Yes. Do you notice when people unfollow you? I get very sad. I'm like, oh. I, I assume they're spam accounts to make myself feel better about myself. Yeah. The damning indictment of... That my con my Twitter content, my Twitter brand isn't strong enough. Yeah. No, I was just thinking, thinking of this, the modern age where people just they don't care about their personal relationships. But if some rando, as you said, unfollows them on Twitter, just like, what did I do it's wrong? dagger to your heart. I have such good tweets. <laughs> yeah. My Twitter content is top notch. Many people like them. Like them now. Instead no, of I don't, yeah, that's Twitter. Twitter going on a crusade against their own product. Let's be more like Facebook. Yeah, RIP Twitter trended today or yesterday on Twitter. And it was Twi the number one trend. And then like people who like really like Twitter were like defending it, being like, it's a unique property. It will never die. And they're like, okay. They're killing it themselves. Well done. January Gar was a sad month mm -hmm. of loss. Where we where we said goodbye to some of the world's most beloved entertainers. And it seems that it seems that February I can't say February, it's February. Hard. Don't forget to pronounce February. the or. February. There's I, an or in February. I find, well, it e I find it easier to say February. That's not the word. It is now. Say the word properly, Ken. Say it. February. 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 <laughs> anyway, Gar, somebody died again. Ken versus the English language. So we said goodbye to Joe Alasky, who did the voice of Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Yeah. He seemed to be like the, the, the kind of understudy for them. Yeah. Because like, he didn't do them in Space Jam. Yeah, but he's one of the many actors. Like, there's a few actors that kind of did it over the years. 
uh, after the death of Mel Blanc in 1989. As reported by Variety, he died on Wednesday from an unspecified form of cancer at age only 63. Yeah, as I said, you know, he did kind of various cartoons appearing. Looney Tunes back in action uh, and Looney Tunes shorts and video games. So maybe not. Maybe he's like the, the, the B guy. <laughs> yeah, I think he was. He's like... Back in action is rubbish. It's no Space Jam. And uh, some of the games are good, though. They are. Yeah, I enjoy some them. of those Bugs games on the PlayStation look good. They kind of had a... Do you remember Minion Run or Temple Run? Yeah. They had like a, a Bugs Bunny form of that. The, the, the Looney Tunes are dying and it's sad. Not, yeah. not, in the, not in the literal sense. That is also sad. But in the figurative sense, they're yeah. dying. They're one of the most iconic cartoon franchises. And <laughs> Warner Brothers, whoever owns them these days, really don't utilize them that much. Yeah, you get the odd short and that's about it. And they're on TV. But it's just like... You know, Disney make the most of their characters. They're always in the public consciousness. And they're just Mickey's re- not doing much lately either. He's coming in a film this year or next year, I think. But um, no, that's besides the point. I just think they like they, they could be making so much more of them. They could make a whole theme park if they wanted. But Yeah. Well, they're releasing Space Jam 2, by all accounts. Ugh, with LeBron James, apparently. Hey, you leave LeBron alone. I'm sure he's very good at acting. Yeah. Uh, in, addi- in addition to Bugs and Daffy, he also frequently popped up as... As Sylvester the Cat and Marvin the Martian, he played Yosemite Sam and Foghorn Leghorn from time to time, uh, most notably in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. In the 90s, he got a Looney Tunes character of his very own, Plucky Duck. Do you remember Plucky Duck there? I have. No, no, I don't. He's from Tiny Toons Adventures? No. It's he basically, played Grandpa Pickles. Yeah, he did. You know I know he, Grandpa Pickles. He did. He played, uh, but he, the original uh, uh, Grandpa Pickles uh, died. Voice actor David Doyle. And he was replaced by uh, Alaski in 1987. Yeah. And he played Grandpa Lou in all the Rugrats movies and reprised the role in All Grown Up. No uh, one cares about The spin-off in the early 2000s, which everyone hated. He played Droopy in Tom and Jerry. Uh, who's Droopy? The dog, that kind of old, that kind of Droopy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Droopy, Gar. This describes him perfectly. Uh, and he provided the the voice of Green Loontern. <laughs> Green Loontern. <laughs> Daffy Duck with Green Lantern powers in Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham. So it's kind of sad, like, you know. I always like that about voice acting people, though. You know, you look at their, like, their their filmography, and yeah. it's just, like, six million things. And things that, like, you didn't know that they were in, you're like, I know that, and stuff that you love. So, it's yeah. kind of, so like, I read all this stuff, and I was like, he was this, and he was that. These are all things that I love from my childhood, and he's dead Grandpa now. Grandpa Pickles. Grandpa Pickles is uh, is nearly the the cause of all their adventures because he was supposed to be watching them and he falls yeah. asleep, or he drops the ball. He's a negligent person, probably has dementia. And he can't he can't do the voice in the 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 new team up film can can't nope. It's if sad. Grandpa Pickles was going to be in it, probably I don't know. Maybe he'll be uh he'll go with them on an, an adventure. Maybe he will with with Reptar. Can't believe you can't remember Plucky Duck. I know. Not there at is, all. There not is, at all. Like there's Buster and there's uh, Babs, right. and then there is like the tiny version of Daffy Duck, which is Plucky. Plucky. We're tiny. He got his own show, the Plucky Duck Show. Cartoony. We're all a little loony. I'm and singing. It's cartoony. We're invading your TV. <laughs> tiny tune. That's what. That's one of the, my favorite cartoons as a child. So it's a great theme song. Uh, it's getting all too familiar, Garba. Once again. RIP Mr. Alaski and safe travels. You want to take us on to our next story, Gar, and our final one for we're, this we're, week? We're traveling back to the future again because that's also what our main segment is tie ins. <laughs> so good. See how it all comes together. <laughs> yeah. Fans of cult movie franchise Back to the Future are rejoicing this week with news that the iconic DeLorean is back, Ken, after they went out of business. You could say, Gar, it will be back. In the future. I added the music cue for you. You can't sue us. No. Because that was a, that was a cover. Yes. So there. No perfect might I add. The huge flop, not the film, the car, <laughs> that was originally produced in Northern Ireland. That's uh, one of our claims of fame. Yeah. Uh, which rose to fame in the, free, uh, in the franchise. Uh, we'll be going back into production. Because nerds want them. Yes, basically. A small number of the time machine cars made famous by, by the film could be produced uh by the zero they're saying the delorean motor company said i don't think it's the original delorean motor company it's it's a new one i assume it's just they had they owned the the intellectual properties the delorean silver gull wing door design was immortalized 
by pop culture basically people you know like lots of uh different cars like lamborghini have emulated since because of its futuristic design mm. but no they collapsed like but before I, the film came out that's where it's like so a few years after the collapse uh the, the film came out and it's probably because like they were looking for a cheap car that looked cool yeah it's like ah, oh, these these are being shipped off because the company went under they're saving it from the, the compactor but it, it has since emerged Gary, that around a thousand of the doors still exist in a factory in belfast and they're sitting in a warehouse in the u.s that currently they shipped them to the u.s and now an american government initiative allows the new models to be made for the first time in 35 years so where are we going to go ken they're not time machines, guys. Yes, they're just cars. They're, they're DeLoreans. They don't have any flux capacitors. But can we get a flux capacitor? Well, we can get one, but it's like a prop. But 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 time map, time travel can. It's not a documentary, guys. It's 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 real. Sure. Where are we gonna go? This, the TARDIS is real as well, guys. It is. It's bigger on the inside. You wanna hear another quote, guys? Fire away. It, it's fantastic, said DeLorean Chief, Chief Executive Stephen Wynn. Money, money, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's a game changer for us, he told a Texas radio station, money, KPRC. Money, money, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Basically, because like, cause like, I watched a documentary about Back to the Future fans, and one of the sections was about people recreating the cars. Yeah. They're like really scarce and hard to get. So they just buy a new one now. So the, like, the fans are like going to be like clambering to get these. The aerial's in the wrong place. Uh, fewer than 9,000 of the cars were originally produced in Northern Ireland. So, uh, you know, the, the fans didn't have that much to get their hands on, really. So, uh, so the only the bad news for them is their cars are going to go down in value because there's going to be more of them. Yeah, these things, you should have sold them a year ago. The unused stock, including millions of spare parts like nuts, bolts, and washers, uh, were sold and eventually bought by the new DeLorean Motor Company. How can you come up with make the like? Must the patent must have run out on the name or the, the trademark? Must or it run it's out? the same people that own it, or someone has bought the right to the patent, or I don't know. It's be- uh, so the limited run of DeLorean vehicles is expected to be delivered to consumer by 2017 and will cost around about a hundred thousand dollars or a, ninety thousand euro. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I want time travel for that much money. Exactly. You want to be able to travel forward in time or back in time to stop yourself from buying a DeLorean. At the very least, like when you buy it, Christopher Scott or Christopher Lloyd should jump out of the car and shout, Great Scott, at you. We've got to go back, Gar. Oh, cool, Chris. Let's go. And then he's just like, I need to take him back to the home. <laughs> it's okay, Christopher Lloyd. It's okay. He's still acting. Kind of. That brings our stories to an end for this week. More next week, if you fancy. Stick around for a brand new edition of Netflix coming up after a short break. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com slash TWSKK or find us on iTunes. Now it's time for Netflix. You are very welcome back to the Weekend Show. The wait is finally over. It's time now again for the weekly weekend show tradition. That is nitpicks. That's quite a mouthful. That is, that is a lot of very wordy. It's tongue twistery. As per usual, we have sought out some fabulous pieces of entertainment submitted for your approval on the web. What have you got first for our listeners this week, Gar? I think I've recommended Judge John Hodgman before. You have. It's been a previous nitpicks. Yeah. Well, this time I recommend a specific episode, so it's not. It's, it's not cheating. Yeah, you're slurring your words now. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, t- I'm sick. Okay, carry on. <laughs> yeah, uh, Judge John Hodgman is a show where John Hodgman, assisted by bailiff Jesse Thorne, issues fake internet justice. A plaintiff and a defendant, the defendant, come before him and uh, issue a case, and then John Hodgman issues a judgment. It should be called defendiff. Defendiff. That's what you said originally. <laughs> Did I? <Yeah. laughs> it's words. Words are stringing together. I'm sick, Ken. Stop. 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 Like making me feel bad because I'm sick. I feel sorry for you, Garth, but also rage just because podcast comes first. I'm sinking the podcast. Uh, I was doing kind of a binge listen. I was catching up on episodes and uh, particularly, I think it was an episode from November, uh, an episode called uh, The Heart of Hearing, or where a son wants his father to get a hearing aid. But it's made extremely entertaining by the fact that uh, his father is a weird dad. In what sense? He's, he's very daddish in kind of daddy ways can you give an example of making terrible jokes and then just saying things loudly when no one else wants him to talk it's just like 
very daddish. Is is our dad in this episode? <laughs> you might listen to the podcast, Ken. You don't want to mock dad. Come he's come down and he'll, he'll flip over our podcast table. He's coming down here to collect me later. So we're like, <laughs> don't you think I don't know? It's not as if this is live. <laughs> or it is live. Yeah, it goes straight to the internet. We're speaking, we're speaking directly to your ears right now. Exactly. When you listen to it, it's live. Or it was live at the time. Yeah. It's live, James. Or Pete. Or Rob. Or Sarah. Thanks for listening, Sarah. Yeah, Jane. Uh, um, Esmeralda. Good job, Esmeralda. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we're just going to name... Uh, just pull up a list of names, Ken. Aaron. Alan. <laughs> Several days, yeah. yeah. It's Judge John Hodgman. It's a good show. It's funny. It's it's fun. Why is this episode funny, Gar? Because he wants his dad to get a hearing aid and he's going through all the, the instances where his dad is deaf. And his dad, what, what if his dad just, just can't be bothered listening to him because he's a, a, a shitty son? Judge John Hodgman raises that, <laughs> that proposal. His dad uh, refuses to, to comment more than denies it. <laughs> he's like, this is like, you're a disappointment, son. I just ignore you because I wish you weren't here. Yeah. That's my impression of that guy. I never, I've never heard this episode, but that's what he sounds like in my head. Yeah. Sure. I am uh, again tying together other elements of the podcast. You're very, my, my first. You're pick. very synergistic today. We should Word. call an episode synergy. We should because every episode for a while, we our goal was to en- mention the word synergy. It's a very it's a nice synergy is a nice word like synergy synergy. But this is more synergy for very you. Cool word. My first pick is the DeLorean Motor Company's new promo ad for the new line of DeLoreans on YouTube. Are they paying us? They're not. Ugh. Or they are now. <laughs> we said it, so you have to pay us, DeLorean. The rule. Directed by Alexander Alexandrov, whoever named him was big. Sure. Had a, had a sense of humor. <laughs> The new commercial is called, called Lucky Coin, and it's the first piece of advertising by the company in decades. Naturally, because they, you know, didn't exist. It's like one <laughs> of those trippy, like, uh, ads where, like, there's a guy alone in the desert, and it kind of cuts back to earlier parts of the ad and the later part of the ad. It looks like it should be nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture. It's like... Is Michael J. Fox in it? No, he's not. Is Christopher Lloyd in it? No, he's not. Not a good ad for a DeLorean. It's just, like, really kind of artsy and... Uh, uh, but it's worth watching just because the car is in it and it's cool. I do like that, you know, they probably produced this really fancy artsy ad, but if they produced an ad that had Christopher Lloyd in it, it would probably be like 50% more effective. Probably have like 20 million views by now. Yeah. It's only two minutes and 11 seconds and it's, it is a, it is a nice looking ad, nicely shot, uh, very cinematic. So check it out. Brief Netflix for you there. That's yeah. like, kept, it, kept it brief on like you guys, Rambo's. I like detours. You still have a fever? Is that what's happening here? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just having a fever. I had a fever dream the other day. Oh, it's the worst. Where I was trapped in a maze. Yeah. And I was just running around the maze and making no progress. And I was just running around the maze. Fever dreams are the worst. Do you ever have the ones where you're kind of lucid and you're half awake and half asleep? And I remember one, uh, like I felt like I was awake, but I was asleep. Yeah. And my pillow felt like it was a brick. <laughs> and it's all weird. I got new pillows. Yes, they I didn't did. feel like bricks. No, but it felt like I was like literally sleeping on a brick. And then I like, it might have been a salt lick, actually. Ooh, that's very specific. I tasted salt, you know, like those salt licks that they have for horses. You routinely lick your pillows? Uh, Well, no, but there's routinely drool on them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, fever dreams are the worst. But there. maybe like, like we should both purposely get fevers and like get really sick and see what happens on the podcast. Yeah. See, see how weird it gets. Watch, watch a terrible film. And I was like, oh God, why is life? Have you got uh, have you got a second pick for us this week, or did your fever dream prevent <laughs> fever you from, dream. from picking one? Then, then my Netflix is the fever dream. I recorded my fever dream, yes, and Let put me, it on the internet. Allow me to read it for you. Yes, uh, my second Netflix is a a Japanese website, it, it, but it's intuitive. It's a Super Mario Maker desktop background maker, where you can use kind of the tools from the Super Mario games, and you can also make mobile backgrounds as well, which is cool for your phone for your phone that's generally what mobile backgrounds mean could be for your tablet actually Gar. well no yes that's not a mobile can it's a mobile device stop logicking me lawyered <laughs> yeah but uh you you can use the tools from super mario maker to make your own little desktop background and you can change the themes from like mario one to mario uh you okay. you can change the the backgrounds to, like castle or or ghost house or underwater then you can place little items and you can spell things and you can put the goombas around the place and, and piranha plants and, and wigglers and 
and blocks and coins and, and uh, question blocks and bowsers and mushrooms and it's like hee 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 background if that was me i'd be changing my background every day yeah naturally the one i made uh, continues my obsession with symmetry that that super mario maker has driven into me what describe your your one car to our listeners it's 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 a it's an oral oral medium is is it our oral is listening yes yeah there you go well my there's some blocks in the middle and there's some blocks with some piranha plants on it and then bowser's on the other side and then there's some some goombas and some fish and a pipe and some coins very good, very good. <laughs> it's, and where can people find this glorious creation Gar? it's a it's a japanese website just google super mario maker wallpaper creator you'll probably find it and is it free of charge yes that's very good it is a japanese website but it's you, you don't understand what's happening the weekend show always thinking about your pocket always thinking about saving you a few cents unless we want a lazy way for our netflix yes just buy it on Amazon. <laughs> just buy it on Amazon. Everything's on Amazon. Yeah. It's the internet. My final pick this week, Gar, is a podcast. Uh, just like your first one. Yeah. So we're, we're coming full circle. It's Sampler by Gimlet, which it, is basically most of our Gim- our podcast suggestions are either NPR or Gimlet. Establish our long-standing tradition of making the latest Gimlet by a podcast a Netpicks. Exactly. And so um, since we've said it now, Gimlet, pay us. We'd happily at least accept. We've given you at least three or four for free now. <laughs> yeah. So come on. We'll, We'd happily at least accept a spot on your podcasting network. <laughs> yes, we will take that. Uh, it's finally happened, Gar, anyway. That's, uh, uh, podcasts have become such a part of our culture that there is now a podcast about podcasts. Yeah. In fairness, if you listen to this podcast long enough, it, it occasionally becomes a podcast about <laughs> podcasts. So we did it first. Suck yeah. it, Gimlet. Also, to do it. also, we love you. <laughs> Hosted by Brittany Luce. As the name suggests, Sampler serves up bite-sized chunks of the most weird and wonderful podcasts that the world has to offer. Have they previewed us? They have not. Then they're not. They're no good. Preview us on Sampler and we'll be happy. Yes. But I'll, I'll make funny noises or something and you can go, look at the, look at the guy making funny noises. So Brittany just kind of trawls through the internet and fr- tries to find kind of fun podcasts. Or, like, it's kind of in two, two kind of, two kind of, functions for this podcast first of all she finds really good podcasts that she thinks people should listen to but like she also likes to find really odd podcasts and just interview the people that created them one for example is uh a podcast where she talks to the host of of one dedicated to talking about denzel washington movies man on fire yes i knew one denzel film um flight yes there we go i can name denzel training films. day training day yeah see they're Philadelphia. Making, they're making training day into a tv show Ugh. Everything's being made into a TV show now, isn't it? Yeah, which kind of ruins the impact of the film, really. It's like, uh, apparently Ethan Hawke might be in it. Yeah, well, that, that might make a bit of sense. Because everybody, everybody's going to TV these days. Yeah. Speaking of Denzel Washington, he won the Cecil B. DeMille Award at the Golden Globes this uh, year for his accomplishments. So we really should be able to name more Denzel Washington movies. But uh, You see, my problem is slight racism where I forget which films is him and like which films were Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> and Morgan Freeman. Who's in Snakes on a Plane? That's that Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. You see, it, it's not. I, I know that if you put the three in front of me, I'd know whom was whom, but I forget who was in which film. That's only slightly racist. It's then only slightly racist. We'll let you off, but uh, we better end this segment before we we are get jailed. Uh, we get jailed or get some hate Twitter. I'm, I'm too nice for jail, Ken. Some hate tweets. Jail, yeah. jail would be bad for me. Hate tweets would be more well, than the usual no tweets we get. Yeah, exactly. At Twitter, TWSKK, Facebook.com, forward slash TWSKK, SoundCloud.com, forward slash TWSKK, new URL. We've got a new URL now. We yeah. have. We've changed it for, for the sake of our favorite word guard, Synergy. Synergy. And, and Ken didn't at all mess up. <laughs> there was no mess up, Gar. I don't none, know what you're talking about. Gar. None at all. <laughs> Take us out of the, the segment, Gar. End this hell. End it now. Uh, that's all the picks we have for you this week. Uh, we will get our slave, <laughs> not slave, uh, intern, intern. To source more quality entertainment options in time for next week's episode. Uh, be sure to let us know your thoughts if you check out any of our recommendations. Or let us know your own recommendations on Facebook.com forward slash TWSKK or on Twitter at TWSKK. Uh, just time for one more break before we talk about our top 10 pop culture predictions for 2020. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TWSKK, Twitter at TWSKK, or search for TWSKK on YouTube.
You're listening to The Weekend Show with myself, Ken Kidney, and my co-host, Garrett. If you are a loyal listener of the podcast, you may recall back in episode 20, we took a trip back to the year 1995 to see what we could find. This week, we return to the time travel theme, but with one slight difference. In the spirit of the Back to the Future franchise, in our sequel episode to episode 20, we stare into our crystal balls and look forward to the year 2020 and make some bold predictions about what we think will come to pass by New Year's Eve 2019. Yeah. Let us start by saying predicting the future is stupid and normally inaccurate. (laughs) Yes, and uh, all clairvoyants, psychics, mediums are hacks. And anyone that can claim they can predict the future beyond like five years, even five years is stretching it, it's, it's basically deluding themselves. So you see population estimates for 2040, yeah. you know, and you're like, population is, isn't that that freaking rigid. You can't uh, if you did a population estimate in the 1800s of what population would be in 2016, your answer wouldn't have been six billion. It would have been an awful lot less. Seven exactly. Billion. How do you know how many people are going to have sex or how many people are going to have babies? Or whether there's going to be war or famine or disease or anything that can take out a large number of people. And there's the problem of recency bias as well, Ken, that the assumption that past trends are going to continue long into the future. Recency bias is a big thing. We'll do a whole podcast on it in the future. Yeah, we we assume permanency of our current moment. You know, we assume like a hundred, if you consider where the world was a hundred years ago relative to what it is now. Like, in 100 years, it's going to be totally different. That's beautiful. Yeah. And in our segment where we're going to predict the future, I've done two minutes on why predicting the future is both stupid and inaccurate. But it's still going to be fun. Woo! It's, it's setting us up for where, when we're wrong. Or when you're wrong, because the ones you picked, I'm like, no. <laughs> so, Ken, on that note, why don't you get us started with prediction number one? I, I will, Gar. I will. Go on. I will. Do it. Don't don't hassle me. Don't rush me. You wrote You wrote it. You're, this too is, much. It's too much pressure. This is your prediction. This is this is probably your most reasonable prediction as well. People are going to hold us to hold us to this. It should be noted, however, that this is a top ten. But as usual, we are so lazy that this is in no particular order. Yeah, it's just like here's ten things we came up with. <laughs> yeah. Number one is a French club will will win the UEFA Champions League. Or to adapt this. PSG will win the Champions League. Monaco are a cash rich club as well. Gary. Yeah, but they sell all their players. That's true. But yeah, uh, it's likely to happen. Could even happen this year, for all we know. They have lots of money. They're killing France this year. Yeah. They're, they're like, like 10, beating. 15 points ahead or they're something. They're running away with it. It's just like, but like, I hate to see that in some ways. It's just like, what's the point? Like other teams kind of get demoralized because there's no competitive nature there anymore. That's the one thing I liked about the English Premier League this year. Leicester. It's, it's, it's so competitive. Like Leicester beat Man City 3-1 yesterday. Anyone can beat anyone on any given day. It's so close, but... Uh, yeah, um, you know who can beat anyone? Uh, you know who can beat one team on any given day? Liverpool can be beaten on any given day because they're terrible. Thanks, Gar. But uh, I'm going to Gar. Here, here's a fun game, Gar. Uh, we're going to go one step further and predict what year they're going to win it. Go. Uh, 2017, 2018. Okay, I'm going to go this year. What? Oh, so, so May comes around. This is your prediction is going to be. You're just going to be running around the podcast table, going, "Look at me, I was right." Yeah, look at me, I'm Long Island medium. Yeah. Terrible show. She exploits people for money. <laughs> Next one, Gary, this is one of yours. Actually, speaking of looking to the future, I watched That's So Raven the other day. That's so raven. It's aged terribly. Yeah, and you think she'd learn after like two or three episodes that she either causes or exacerbates the situation by trying to meddle based on what she sees in the future. It's basically the epitome of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, and she's like, she should be like, oh, that's what's happening. And show then, over yeah three episodes i'm like the, so stupid <laughs> yeah. it's the future i can see uh, that show was really successful it was that like broke all the disney channel's records at the time it did i know raven simone is an annoying lesbian I, I i i hope those two things are unrelated in your head no she's not annoying because she's a lesbian but she's just like one of those kind of like really obnoxious lesbians okay where she's just like ah. Oh sexuality oh i'm held back because of my sexuality you don't understand the gay struggle it's like you were just, just shut up just stop. she was part of both, like the most successful disney channel show of all time yeah she, she's she's got meager problems compared to other gay and transgender people fair enough uh this is one of my my predictions again hologram computers like in minority port or like csi miami 
CSI Miami is like the, the 2000s, and they just they think that we're gonna have computers. They were talking about like physical computing, basically, like, like the ones where you can put your hand and go just like wham, or like the one like Tony Stark has, Jarvis. Yeah. Well, yeah. those are kind of like artificial intelligence. Is there any? No, yeah, but he has a computer that he can move with his hands and yeah, change those, stuff. Yeah, those are kind of like flinging things around and going like wee. And do you think is there any ev- evidence that you can see that suggests that this could be the case in the next few years? Or are you no? Just, I just want it to be. It's just, it's just okay. more of a, a wish rather than a prediction. This is more of a wish. In fairness, half of these things that I've suggested probably won't happen by 2020, I but could, they'll happen eventually. I could feasibly see a VR version where you have like a helmet and gloves and then you kind of move things with your hands. Yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did a good gag where they had a hologram computer and they just had no idea how to use it. <laughs> they were just like... <laughs> That's pretty funny. Hologram computers again. Who doesn't want hologram computers? Yeah, so by 2020, you're going to be, you're going to be like... Fwomming. Yeah. Fwom is the word for picking things up Wom, off of Fwom. Yeah. Wom. It's like an email by going, pushing it. Yeah. Like push. And dictating it, and it'll actually understand what I'm saying. It's like, I'm sorry, did you mean pineapple? And no one believes I'm Irish. That happened again in Manchester, actually. Didn't it? And the shuttle bus fellow was like, oh, is that an American accent I hear? It's like, nope. Yeah. We watch too much TV, maybe. Yeah. Nobody thinks we have a kind of a, a, a regional accent either. We don't have like the accent of where we're from. Yeah, because when I was working down in North Cork, they were like, you're not from Cork. And it's like, leave me alone. Oh, I watched a lot of TV raised me. My, <laughs> my parents worked a lot. Uh, our next one, Gar, is uh, one that uh, you take exception with. I do, because you're breaking one of the rules of our podcast. One of the rules of our podcast is never to mention this man's name. Yeah, uh, no Trump is a rule of our podcast. Because we get, to, by talking about him, we give his, his... We give him power. We give him power. That's exactly what we do. People uh, people enable him because he equals hits. So they throw him on his site and uh, people are like, yeah, I sure will give him a platform because we know... People will pay attention, even though he doesn't deserve a platform. Yes. Our predi- break our rules, Ken. Go on. Our prediction is that Donald Trump will hold some sort of political office in the United States by 2020. I really hope not. I don't think he's going to be the president, but I think like he's going to be like a governor or a senator or something like that. All signs kind of point to the, the Trump bubble kind of beginning to burst. Yeah. It's, it's Is it Rubio? You see, Rubio and Cruz are interchangeable in my head. Rubio is a young guy. Rubio's the one that's doing well and Cruz is like third, isn't he? Yeah, Cruz is the guy that's like racist even though he comes from a, a, a Hispanic background. Is it, was it Rubio or Cruz that's actually Canadian? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, Cruz, no, Cruz, yeah, Cruz was born in Canada, so they're saying he's ineligible. <laughs> yeah, it's like, shut up. But like, his, his, his dad is also an immigrant. Yeah. Yet he hates immigrants. Sure. Okay, and his name is Cruz. Yeah. That's, that's Spanish. Yeah. And he hates the Spanish immigrants. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, yeah. Trump. Probably. He'd probably buy his way to some sort of position in the Senate or something like that. That didn't work for Linda McMahon. No, it didn't. <laughs> she lost a lot of money on losing elections. Uh, the next one, Gary. Uh, do you want to take this one? Yeah, this is another one of your ones. Yes. The sharing economy boom will cause the second great dot-com crash. That's not a bad prediction, I don't think. I, f- I found it interesting that you went for crash over, like, super boom. No, I, I just think it is a boom at this point. Like, but like all the big ideas these days coming, uh, you know, kind of in the internet sector are all uh, are all share, you know, sharing economy based. You have uh, Uber, Halo, Udemy, Airbnb. They have one where you can go to people's houses and cook a meal. Yeah, there's. there's <laughs> I thought that one was weird. Yeah, there's one where you can um, hire cleaning services. There's one where you can hire an architect. Like, you can connect with architects in different parts of the world to design your house. Basically, consumer to consumer. Yeah. All, all it is is basically them being lazy and not actually coming up with a product. They're just completing a platform, being the go-between, and then raking in billions because of it. Yeah. So, I just think everyone's trying to come up with that new kind of sharing economy idea now. You're more of a business person than I am, Gareth. Do you see that kind of trend being... Well, I think more than I think that the, the, there will be a crash in that kind of because money is pouring into the tech startups and all that. Yeah, it will crash eventually. Yeah, but a lot of these startups are in that kind of sector now. Do mm. you see that? So I just think that there's like pouring into them. Like everyone has this great idea, like that they think is going to be the next big thing, the next Airbnb, because Airbnb is a massive success and it continues to grow. Yeah, uh, twenty billion is the value of that now. That's a lot of money for something that's basically. I'd sell that. All it is is like, I'd be like cash in. Get in before it bursts. Done. Because <laughs> like all it is is just uh, like you know facilitating. Uh, well, you can pay. They, they take care of the payment <laughs> and the hosting, but all you do is just bring people together 
and you rake in the money. I don't understand that. You know, when you get a, uh, I know you, you have pride and, you know, it's your baby and all that. Yeah. If you get a company that's being worth 20 billion, yeah. someone, someone's going to want it. Yeah. Sell it and ride off into the sunset with your $20 billion going like, wee. They did have a bit of an operating loss last year. About well, all of these companies. That, that's the problem with all of these tech companies. None of them make any money. 150 million. Amazon million. lose money every year. Fair enough because they constantly invested in things. Yeah. Airbnb was about 150 million. It's a pretty, uh, pretty considerable. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, like a lot of these things, are, that's the, the issue. They're kind of valued at, at 20 billion on paper. But basically uh, usually based on a user base yeah it's all smoke and mirrors but like not necessarily uh, turning that that's twitter's problem they can't turn users into money but like any of the new business ideas i see these days all kind of try and take advantage of this idea of basically doing the minimum and getting maximum money yeah. i just think that basically surfing is a go-between yeah so a, a bunch of these websites are popping up now and they're all flooding the market i think it's just gonna bring the whole house of cards down i think english football is gonna collapse before long you think so? Yeah. The money is not sustainable. Yeah, it's all built on debt. This is not on the list, by the way. No, this isn't. This is a, a sneaky 2015 <laughs> or 2020 prediction. Or it's built on debt, and, and you see prices of television contracts constantly going up to the degree that these people can't be making money on this. Yeah. Not in the long run. Yeah. Unless advertisers are willing to throw money at them. But they are. That's the thing. Because they think that people, they'll, they'll reach a large amount of people, which they will. Because. What, if you think about it, what was on our TV all day yesterday? Well, yeah, but you'd be surprised not that many foot people watch the average football game. That's true. You'd be surprised if you look at the numbers. But, uh, yeah, it, it is kind of going to... An, well, I think European football in general, or even world football, it's going to an unsustainable level of money. Like, people asking for 200 million. Football is modern slavery, guy. <laughs> 200 million to buy a person. Yeah. To play football for your team. Anyway, let's move on. My next one, Gary, you also disagree with. Yes, I don't think this will happen. WrestleMania will take place in Europe, in particular, uh, probably London we're talking about. Nope. You don't think it's going to happen? No. Why do you think it's going to happen? I don't know. It's been, just, it's been a prevalent rumor for the last few years, and they'd like to kind of tout their own success by like, doing kind of outlandish things. I know, like, based on uh, the doing the kind of, like, network, kind of the economy of the, the economics of the network, probably mean that there, there's less kind of urgency to have you know the, the traditional argument against putting it in Europe would be you'd have to air the show during the day in the US yeah and that would hurt buy rates but with the network that's less of an issue yeah because you, you'd imagine like network pay-per-view buys are a little more inelastic than regular pay-per-view buys especially considering the lower price point true so the, that's the argument I could make in favor of it happening I still don't think it will I so, think they might do a pay-per-view there, all right? Yeah. But not WrestleMania. I've talked you into it. I win. <laughs> you want to take us to our next one, Gar? Uh, yes. Based on the success of Making a Murder. You want to take us to our next one, Gar? Based on the success, this is number six, by the way. Based on the success of Making a Murderer, The Jinx, and Serial, murder trials will become an established form of event television. Yeah. We kind of already saw this. We did. With uh, Oscar Pistorius. Yeah. People like literally, the the popular media, not even just kind of the established kind of news media, but you know entertainment, they all follow this. And if you think back to like the the nineties with O.J. Simpson, that was very much a a pop culture trial. Yeah, so um, it's sporadic, but throughout history, but I think it's going to become more of a thing now. And like Michael Jackson's trial as well. Exactly. Those are very much like here's television events rather than uh, you know finding justice or journalism. But I I, I genuinely think like. This stuff has become such a, a phenomenal success that some network is bound to try it. And technically, they're entitled to have cameras in there. Are they? Depending on the trial. It does depend on the trial. The judge decides as well. So, mm. you know, maybe justice might hold this off. Like, I really you know, hope they do. Judges, The judges might say, what are you doing? No. That's a, a slimy kind of thing. Because as I said, when I was watching Making a Murder, the Dateline people were like, oh, murder is hot. And we're searching the country for the best murders to put on the TV. That's a wor It's a worrying trend. It but really is. It's just like it's, people have died. Stop trying to make entertainment out of it. I know. But on Serial, you almost feel guilty listening to it. Yeah. And Making Murder is the same. It's just like someone died. I shouldn't be enjoying this. But uh, do, do you think this is an actual uh, prudent prediction, Gary? As I said, we kind of seen some precedent for it. 
Yeah. And with people, like, uh, true crime is the new it thing at the moment. Exactly. It might, it might well be the case. What better than a true crime than current crime? Exactly. Scary stuff, Gareth. It's so. terrifying and really shouldn't be the case. On to something a bit lighter now. Working hoverboards will be a reality, not just the glorified scooters we have now. Gareth's words, exactly. They're glorified scooters. They will also not be so prone to spontaneous combustion. I would hope so. Uh, yeah, they're like uh, around this side of the world. I'm not sure if it's the same as America, but a lot of these videos have gone viral. These things just catching fire, catching fire. Yeah, apparently the fans in them don't work or something, so they overheat yeah. and they catch fire. Yeah. So like a lot of them got recalled. It's supposed to be like the big toy for this Christmas, but and then they, yeah, then they started catching fire. So they got rid of them. Because can this segment is called Back to the Future? We were talking about Back to the Future earlier. Back to the Future promises one thing over anything else. It's hoverboards. And uh, speaking of that documentary I talked about earlier, the the fan about the documentary fandom, uh, there's been people actually created a hoverboard and it kind of, it works. But is it mass market and cheap? No, I want a hoverboard. Ken. Well, it's it's the the way they designed it is quite clever. Like they they kind of fashion the idea like uh, uh, you know those hovering trains, and while it's on the track, you know the ones like in Japan and stuff like that. Yeah, it's hovering while it's moving. Okay. So like they created a kind of a, a circular kind of a motor that keeps on moving. Right. So so as long as it's moving, it creates the hovering effect. Oh. So yeah. Science. So it's really good. It's um, I don't really I, that's a, about as technically as I can get for you in terms of the science, but uh, they aren't too far away, Gar. I want a hoverboard. So this uh, this family just are fans of the film decided to make it. <laughs> they must have sank to like thousands, <laughs> about, <laughs> thousands into if not millions. So. Or or sinking your savings into making a hoverboard. Yes, you have no inheritance. <laughs> except this hoverboard. Enjoy. I'll I take a hoverboard. I'd take a hoverboard over savings, honestly. Gar, this is a, a, a probably a more sensible prediction. I this think next this, one. this is our prediction that is most likely to come true. Streaming will overtake traditional television as the primary source of TV viewing. We, we're seeing this already happen right now. Yes. As a sub-point, uh, YouTube will be a major player in the home entertainment market. We've kind of already seen that happen right now yeah, as well. It's starting to kind of happen, yeah. And, and that's more kind of direct, no intermediaries, no production companies. YouTube is more here's bringing people directly to people. YouTube does that as well. Exactly. YouTube is the intermediary for, for PewDiePie to shout at video games. People go, I like you, PewDiePie. You're Swedish. Yes. Enjoy being a multimillionaire as a result of my liking you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it, we're already seeing it. Uh, Netflix and Amazon and, well, Yahoo Screen tried. <laughs> yeah. Even like the likes of the established TV, TV like, you know, DirecTV in America or, or Dish, I think is another one in America, yeah. or Sky in the UK. They're all investing in on-demand stuff and box on sets. On-demand box sets. I think they're going to move exclusively online yep. in the very near future. And you're going to see television stations like like CBS and ABC and uh, Fox and what's the other, the big four? NBC? NBC, yeah. You're going to see them move toward... Like, you, you see some of it already, you know. Some of these shows debut online. Yeah. And then, you know, they make the right to TV to hope to try and grab the streaming audience and bring them over. But I think that's, that's swimming against the tide. Because uh, I think a lot of them have an ownership stake in Hulu, don't they? Yeah. So I think that's kind of like a partnership thing. Yeah, I think that's where you could start seeing things. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, watch the space. We'll TV, see what TV, and TV isn't going to go away because we're going to still have the TV is still going to be the thing we watch. The TV, the TV is the portal. Yeah, it's just the thing through which we stream things. Because who wants to watch things on a twenty-inch screen? We can watch things on a sixty-odd-inch curved fancy screen that you didn't pay for. That's all. That's true. Next prediction, Gar. Uh, at least one of the current social media, leading social media brands, will not be around anymore. Note, I'm going out on a limb to say it's Twitter. And based on recent trends, I'm also going to say Twitter. Because Twitter are, are overturning their general product at the expense of their current users. Yeah, they're like trying to make it basically as close to Facebook as possible. Yes, and if you want Facebook, you'll go to Facebook. I wouldn't be surprised in the near future, like they're making all these changes if they remove the character limit as well. They, they're, they're planning to. Yeah. 10,000 character tweets. What's the point? I don't know. It's supposed to be microblogging. It's microblogging, yeah. That, the problem is that they, they can't make money. So yeah. in, uh, instead of trying to monetize, trying to increasingly monetize what they have, they're going to try trying to change what they have to try and make more money out of it. But it's just going to be and like grow Facebook their user then. base. And what's, yeah. what's the difference? Uh, I don't know. The novelty of Twitter was trying to kind of, you know, be creative enough to get your point across in the, in the character. In limit. 140 characters. 
It's like little snippets. Yeah. Or kind of using it to, as a portal to advertise but, with, a, with a link or whatever. But the problem is investors um, want growth. Yeah. And gr- rapid growth forever. That's what investors expect out of tech companies. And it's unreasonable. But Twitter are feeling that pressure and changing their entire service in order to try and accommodate it. Yeah. So what's unique unique about it is disappearing. Yep. And I think they're digging the hole deeper for themselves. Yep. And they're going to go to the way, way of MySpace. Yeah. Um, MySpace uh, still exists. They do, I think. Yeah. I think Justin Timberlake bought a majority stake in that. And he's trying to make it like a thing for for musical artists. Well, that's nice. And Bebo's gone as well. I haven't but Bebo's seen. still kind of hovering. Yeah. It's, it's like a messenger app, but I, I've never used it. Mm. Anyway. But like all these uh, Google Plus never really took off either. No, nah, I'm gonna they, I'm gonna say Snapchat's gonna be dead as well. I'd, I've never gotten Snapchat, so I don't know. They're putting all these stupid filters in it now to try and make it novel because people kind of the novelty wore off. Because that's what people like about Instagram. Yeah, no filters like you know <laughs> making funny faces and uh, you know uh, emojis and stuff like that. Uh, basically, the novelty wore off. People were like, "What do I do this for?" Has anyone bought Snapchat? I don't think so. WhatsApp is bought by Facebook. And, and they were making plans to be a payment platform as well. Snapchat. Yeah. That's you can okay. send money to people. Like, like basically, it's trying to be like the Swiss Army app. That's but, never going to work. Yeah. yeah Twitter, stop making yourself like Facebook and just accept what you are and trying to make money out of it. Or accept your impending doom. Yeah. I like Twitter. Yes. I'd, I'd be sad to see Twitter go. I, would, I do like Twitter as well. I like yeah. it. I like, I like it because it's different. I don't want it to be the same as Facebook. And they're, they're trying to, they they're, uh, came out yesterday that they're getting rid of, cro- well, reverse chronological timelines in favor of an algorithm-based timeline. Boo. Which again goes against the reason I like Twitter. It's the reason no <laughs> one likes Facebook. And ironically resulted in Twitter rage. <laughs> yeah. And it's trending worldwide. The people hate it. Because like, that's, that's the reason no one likes Facebook, isn't it? Yeah, like you don't you see about a third of anything anyone posts. Yeah, exactly. I've heard it the same as, but you have the opportunity to see everything on Twitter if you want. But you know that takes a lot of time if you follow enough people. Yeah, I follow like seven hundred people. And the final prediction, Garrett, is perhaps the the biggest one. Yep, we mentioned this last week. The Marvel Cinematic Universe will collapse in and of itself. Yep. Yep. I think after 2019's Infinity War Part Two. I think that's when the universe will begin to lose the run of itself. Yeah. Because there's so many properties and so many characters and so many things that like after RDJ and uh, Chris Evans, Chris Evans, Chris Evans go away. People are just going to be like, nah. It's like, yeah, because I always. Because RDJ is dying in Infinity War. Yeah. That's definitely happening. That's like a bit of a sub prediction. I I wrote it down here, Gary. That. Here, Disney will attempt to reboot reboot Iron Man with a new actor, much like Doctor Who or James Bond, by killing off Robert Downey Jr. Do as think, Tony Stark. Do you think they'll get your what's Ty Simpkins? That's the name of the kid, isn't it? Yeah, Ty Simpkins from Iron Man Three. That's what they seem to be doing. They seem to be kind of set like that's why I think this is making this prediction because the that segment of Iron Man Three kind of seems like it was uh there for a reason mm. it's like, it won't be like the kid but it would be like someone playing an older version of the kid obviously when they can move yeah, forward if they wait time. long enough that kid will be 18 yeah they move forward in time young iron man yeah or don she could get a, a feature film ken yeah good because uh war machine has stepped into the iron man suit in the comic books in the past i'm sure he's relatively cheap okay pepper potts has been a female iron man in the comics yeah fair play female iron Give man. Her a go. she's already died yeah and come back to life so that's all good. <laughs> but, no, uh, does she have superpowers now? I can't. Uh, does she? She kind of does, doesn't she? I can't really remember, to be honest. Iron Man 3. <laughs> She's, yeah. Well, she does actually, yeah, because she... Like, absorbed the powers or whatever. Yeah, radiation thing. The, the superhero mumbo jumbo. But, yeah, I just think that like, there's so many of these now, like, I'll go see all of them, but, like, it almost seems like a burden to go see all of them yeah. at this stage. So, like... I don't know how much more appetite I have for them. Because I think after Infinity War is when people will go like, I've had my fill. Yeah, you exactly. know, I've seen these characters. They've told me a, a good story. And after that, people will be like, I don't think like that the films will do badly yeah. necessarily. And I think they'll probably end up scaling them back a little. But the boom period will be over. Yeah. Like, back to the kind of the, the barren days before X-Men were. Well, super- I don't think it'll be that bad. Where superhero movies are just like, eh. like yeah. it almost like did the same thing as westerns. They were so big for a while, like with Batman and stuff like that. And then after that, for a while, they just got became like a bit of a joke, really. Yeah. And uh, I think it's gonna go to that period again. 
I think the best thing they could do is is actually make, like have a fallow period where they just leave uh, it for a few hi- years. Hiatus. Yeah. After phase three, give like two or three years where you, before you kick into phase four. Yeah. They won't do it though. No money. <laughs> money. But in fairness, Disney have so much other properties that they could afford to. You know. Yeah. Thus was they have investors to satisfy. So investors are like, where the hell's Iron Man gone? <laughs> yeah. Iron Man makes money. But that's it for our predictions, Gary. Yeah, those are things that might happen by 2020. The question is now, are we really psychic? Yes. The answer is probably not, but yes. But no. I, I'm, I'm sick. Does that give me psychic powers? Maybe. The fever might give you divisions. <laughs> yeah. That fever dream of a maze is actually a future. One thing is for sure, however, we have a long way to find out, uh, but we will be sure to do a follow episode in, in four years. Unless we were entirely wrong, where we'll pretend we never said anything. Like, we'll just bury this episode deep in our archives. We have archives. Yeah, we have 29 episodes plus three we end. Yeah. Yeah, it's 30. 33, no, uh, 32 episodes this week. Next week's our big 30th episode. Time flies when you're having fun. Do you want to take us home, Gar? I sure will. Do you agree with our predictions or do you have any of your own? Let us know your opinions on Twitter at PWSKK or if you prefer, you can drop us a line on the Facebook, which is probably old, at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. We'll be right back to wrap up the show with details on next week's episode. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com slash TWSKK or find us on iTunes. Okay, futurists, that's our show for another week. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to click play or download on the podcast. Starting from next week, you can now download a new episode every Saturday, one whole day early. We're giving you more time to listen to us, so you have no excuse. Yeah, ignore what we said earlier in the show with those things. Yes. It's, it's next week. It's next week. I was sick. Poor girl. Oh. Sympathy. Uh, more importantly, though, we have a new URL, girl. Yeah. You, you can listen to us on soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. So make sure to bookmark the change so you never miss an episode. Ever. Ever. We know who you are. We do know who you are. Well, actually, it depends whether you have a SoundCloud account. If you have a SoundCloud account, we know who you are. If you don't, we'll find who you are. We'll, we'll actually, track... if, if you don't, we know where you're from. Exactly. And we'll track your IP address. We'll show up to your door in, in, in Peru. Wherever we'll, we'll at least know which city you're from. Exactly. And so that narrows it down easily. It's like, are you this guy? Are you, this, are you user number XYZ? As usual, you can track us down on iTunes. That hasn't changed. And if you like the show, why not write us a review on iTunes? It really does help. Or write us a review anywhere. Or just shout, go outside your house right now and shout it from the rooftops. We okay, I occasionally do that when I'm out in public. I'm like, oh, this podcast, The Weekend Show at uh, soundcloud.com forward slash now TWSKK. It's called Gorilla Marketing. Yeah, I'm good at it. If you are suffering from weekend show withdrawals and need a fix, you can relive snippets of our best bits on YouTube. Just search TWSKK. Garrett's been updating it uh, tirelessly, I imagine. Fervently. If you have a social media thingy, you can reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. And where can they find us on Twitter, Gar? At TWSKK. We were brought to you this week by our sponsor, Gray's Sports Almanac. Next week, we celebrate 30 years of Pixar and debut a new segment called Do Over, where we right the wrongs of entertainment's greatest flops. Our theme music, as always, is by the very talented Mr. John. And until next time, say goodbye, Gar. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everybody. <laughs>